Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier From the Depths Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson Chapter 14 The Bomb The next few moments passed for the Professor as a series of chaotic snapshots scattered across a blanket of darkness. When the temporal link severed, it had been as though the lights had been extinguished, plunging her into emptiness. A few seconds later they switched back on, and she found herself on the silver currents of the Time River, her arms wrapped around Waylon in a frenzied tackle. Darkness again, punctuated only by the sound of her own breath. Then the scene returned, only now Waylon was wrestling to free himself from her grasp. Let go! he bellowed above the roaring of the waves. The professor's grasp slackened under the assault, and she felt herself slipping. Darkness. Her body ached, but there was no giving up. Once again the familiar sight of the temporal cascade appeared. She had slipped and was clinging onto Waylon's legs. He was wriggling and writhing to dislodge her. The silver walls around her began to glow. They were about to arrive wherever Waylon had meant to retreat. Just a few moments more. Darkness again. Then light, and Waylon's right leg kicking free of her grasp. She could see her arms slipping down as Waylon kicked. Darkness. Her breathing was becoming frantic. The sense of being about to fall gripped her. A final flash of the time river showed her fingers about to let go. And then came the darkness once more. She awoke to an intense feeling of pain churning through her body, as though she had been mercilessly beaten. Managing to push herself up from the floor, she recognised the room she had arrived in. Waylon had returned them to the lobby of the editor's agency. As before it was deserted, save for Waylon himself sprawled on the floor nearby. She was laying at his feet, in the same final position she could recall from the snapshots of her tumultuous journey. Waylon was still holding the teleporter in one hand and the time bomb in the other. The professor moved to grasp the latter device, but the pain in her limbs screamed through her muscles and she collapsed. She lay on the floor, hoping she would recover before Waylon. She urged herself to move again and crawled painfully towards the prone editor. Slowly she could feel the pain subsiding. She reached out and placed a hand on the bomb. Waylon instantly awoke and recoiled, trying to scramble out of the professor's reach. Clearly the journey had been as tough on him as it had on her. He screamed in agony and rolled onto his back. The professor could barely move, the pain and tiredness returning. Why couldn't you just die with the rest of them? He screamed to the heavens. They're not dead, the professor countered calmly, but still in pain. They've returned to their correct place in the timeline. They'll be dead soon, sneered Waylon, and painfully tried to bring the bomb up to his face so that he could see the dark vortex within. The professor summoned her strength and threw herself across the floor. She landed upon him and grabbed the bomb, 
before rolling across the way and staggering to her feet. Waylon once again howled in frustrated exhaustion, but righted himself and reached for his blaster. The holster was empty. He sighed and turned to look at the professor, who had the weapon trained on him. If you want this, he held up the teleporter, you will literally need to take it from my dead hand. So be it, the professor muttered. Waylon laughed. <laughs> no, not even slightly convincing, I'm afraid. You don't have the nerve to kill. I left Ravel to his fate, she reminded him. Left being the problematic bit. You did nothing, he taunted. The professor paused, but the moment for bluffing had passed. She lowered the blaster. Weak, he spat. Weak and doomed to fail in the end. And after such pretty words whispered in poor old Oscar's ear. Sad old lonely Grenomier. Her heart torn open and nothing to show for it. Oh, I've read up on you, Professor. Every editor worth his salt knows your story. Is time travel worth the price you paid? He paused, ready to stick in the verbal knife. Was it really worth the life you took? The face she had seen on the computer monitor the last time she'd been at the agency appeared once again in the professor's mind. The face she'd lost to gain her freedom. Waylon staggered closer to her. Never found her, did you? And you want to know a secret? He was so close now his breath brushed her face. You never will. He let the words fester between them and then began to laugh. The professor swung the blaster and struck him hard across the face. He let himself fall to the floor, still giggling like a child. The professor dropped the blaster and held out the time bomb. I promised I would end this agency, she warned. I think a temporal explosion is as fitting an end as any. Waylon renewed his laughter. He calmed himself enough to be able to respond. You have no idea, do you? Amateur time travellers. And they say we do the worst damage. You're just a lumbering ox smashing through causality without a clue. You're stalling, she said sternly. The agency is filled with time-sensitive equipment, Waylon explained. There are links to every century in eternity. Unleash that thing here, and the chain reaction will wipe out causality as we know it. You're bluffing, the professor challenged. It's the perfect defense, he reasoned. Nobody would dare attack because the entire place is a dead man's switch. Destroy us. Destroy everything. Silence lingered between them for a few seconds. So go on then, Professor. Keep your promise. The Professor hesitated once again, and Waylon knew he had won. Told you, he said in a disgusted tone. Weak. Before either of them could speak again, a shockwave hit the room. Not an explosion, but some chilling force seizing the very air. All around them it seemed as though the colour were draining from the walls and furnishings, and the sound of cracking ice rose all around them. Waylon looked terrified, like a child faced with their worst nightmare come to life. No, he gasped, trying to get to his feet. It can't be them. It can't be. He grabbed hold of his teleporter 
but before he could activate it, a swirl of silver smoke plumed up from the floor and wrapped itself around him, freezing his body. The professor backed away. Run, he whimpered. Run! She dived for cover behind the abandoned desk as the smoke-ensnaring Wayland swirled and span him around on the spot to face across the room. Under the desk, the professor could see a glass screen displaying security footage of a corridor somewhere in the agency. She placed a fingertip on the glass and swiped across it. Various camera feeds flicked past until she found one of the lobby. Waylon was fixed to the spot near the middle of the room, the tendrils of mist stroking his body. Before him stood a figure masked by an immense grey cloak. Beneath the garment there was some sort of tunic, almost like a ceremonial robe. The apparition's face was entirely hidden. Editor Waylon, said a cold, dead voice that sounded as though it came not from the cloaked intruder, but from the very air around them. The cracking sound intensified with these words. You are a danger to the timeline. I didn't, I didn't do it, Waylon whimpered. I wouldn't have done it, I swear. You lie, the voice replied. You endanger the course of time. You must surrender your place in the continuum. No, please, pleaded Waylon. I can tell you everything. I can take you to the other editors. I can show you where they are. Just spare me, please. The figure raised an arm and a gloved hand reached out to the terrified prisoner. Waylon screamed, this time to the professor hidden from view. Run! Run and warn them, he yelled. They're here. The keepers are here. The figure snapped its fingers, and Waylon fell silent. The professor watched on the monitor as the smoke erupted around him and spread out in a semicircle before the attacker. When the mist faded, there were half a dozen men standing either side of Waylon. The professor realised at once that they were different versions of the captured man, glimpses of his past and future. His entire lifeline had been drawn across reality. The Waylon most familiar to her was crying now, shaking his head and mouthing a silent plea for mercy. The cloaked figure did not answer it. With the wave of its outstretched hand, the line of men before him were reduced to smoke. Every moment of Wayland's life dissipated into the air. There was silence. The professor had stifled a gasp of shock at seeing Wayland's macabre demise and kept watching the monitor. The assassin turned slowly towards the desk. It knew she was there. Her heart leapt to her mouth. She watched as it took a step forward. Slow, measured paces that blistered the fragile air. She looked down at the bomb she was still clutching in her hand. Waylon had been right. Even now she could not bring herself to use it. She dropped it to the floor and frantically searched her coat pockets. She could see the shadow of the assassin appear on the wall behind the desk, its gloved hand extended, reaching over the tabletop. Taking the teleporter from her coat, she closed her eyes and activated it. The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier From the Depths An Unbound Theatre Production Written by Dario Knight And performed by Erica Sanderson 
with music by Kevin McLeod.